Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Blooper. It's a blooper in the file. It's a blooper kind of day. Hello, how's everybody doing? Happy Friday. Welcome to California Haunts Blooper Radio. Uh, my name is Charlotte, and I'll be your blooper host the way things are going tonight. Now, seriously, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope everybody's had a great day and they're getting, they're getting, getting involved with a great weekend. I have lots planned this weekend. Families in town, and I've got a meeting with my team. I'm trying to find my little buttons here. Hang on. Let me find the buttons. There we go. And I've got a meeting with my team on Sunday night with uh, with what I call the moldy oldie members and the, and the newbies. So we're all going to have a nice meeting together, get to know each other. Because like I've been saying all week, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff this month, starting this month. But uh, I forgot to say, I'm not only the host of this show, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. We're 45 strong up and down the state. And that means if you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It may take us a couple of days, but we can get to you. Huge state, huge state. We've got it all. We've got the oceans and the beaches with the surfers. You know, we've got mountains. We've got, oh, I just got, look at that. I ended up getting stuck like over there. We have mountains, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. So that's why it might take us a couple of days to get you lots of rural areas. And in that case, we have uh, mediums on staff that can call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on at your home or office. And if there is something going on and they detect it, sometimes they can settle down the energy until we can get out there. So that's what that's for. But it usually doesn't take us more than one or two days to get to you. Okay, that being said, trying to get right spot. There we go. That being said, okay, see, I got a lot of stuff I train of thought. See, there's another one, another blooper. No, that being said, if you guys are watching from Facebook and you like what you see in here, please be sure to hit that follow button. Uh, we're looking for followers. More importantly, at this point, as of today, I am at 297 subscriptions to 1,000 on on uh, YouTube. So if you're over there watching on YouTube, and maybe you're just over here visiting from TikTok, because I did make an announcement on TikTok, and you like what you see today, or you're really into the paranormal, paranormal news and things like that, this is where you want to be. So go ahead and subscribe. It doesn't cost anything, and you get notified of all the upcoming videos and all the upcoming shows and all that good stuff. But... Uh, be sure to do that. Okay, I'm trying to get those numbers up. Hopefully by Christmas, it'd be a great Christmas present, would it? Get my 1,000 subscribers. I've worked hard at doing this, you know? The other things, too, is uh, we do have a Patreon, and Karen Clark and I are going to be doing some live readings over there coming up. But that's only going to be for people that sign up for the Patreon, okay? Because that's, that's, that's what we're doing over there is all subscriber only. So we're going to be doing stuff. Karen Clark and I are going to be doing stuff over there. Nancy and I will probably do a bonus show of, one of your most favorite topics that that, that 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 we've done on a Friday, do a bonus show where you guys can pick her brains, uh, pick her brain, <laughs> pick her brain for, uh, you know, answers to questions. So we're going to be doing that. So that's all coming up. Finally, finally, I'm getting it together enough to do it. So yeah, that's Patreon and just type in California Haunts Radio Patreon and that'll pop up over Patreon. Right now there is a video over there. Uh, it's exclusive to my Patreon members. Uh, early access that this, this uh, particular show won't get released until uh, October 17th. So it's a chance to get in there and see early access to the show. Okay. Again, for Patreon members. All right. 
Okay, that being said, I am teaching a EVP class. Uh, that'll be the weekend after next, and uh, I'll be teaching an EVP class if you guys are interested in knowing how to get great EVP and how to process them and put them through filters and what software to use and all that good stuff. This is the class for you. So check it out at the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup. In addition, over there, I also have um, the meditation stuff going on, and we're we're having these these meditation periods that last oh about an hour because we do talk about other stuff and health and you know set good examples and all that good stuff. So if it's something you're interested in to get off work and unwind with the meditation, that that'd be terrific to come on over to meet up and join up over there. Uh, I have a 3:30 p.m. Pacific, which is for people that live on the East Coast and, and in Central Cal or it's not Central U.S. One of those days. And I also have a 7.45 p.m. Pacific that happens after this show for the people in North, you know, in California. So if it's something you're interested in, um, we do do, uh, we not only do uh, health type type meditations, we do grie grieving meditations. We do, you know, we do financial meditations to help you with your finance, see if you can help with your finances and all that. So it's a, so it's a well-rounded thing. It's not the same meditation every night. All right. That being said, and I'm done. Happy Halloween, everybody. My guest tonight, we all know who she is, medium Nancy Matz. And uh, she's going to be talking about, you know, near-death experiences and our free will. So it's going to be an interesting night. So I'm going to bring Nancy in before I screw up anything else. And, uh, yeah, you never know. Here we go. I, I love you. I love you. You're kind of night, you know? You know, I... Uh... I don't know why we get ready. I, I get ready and then I, I get this and I go, Wah. and then all of a sudden I take all this time to fix, my, like, you know, just give me a yeah. short hair. And I think, oh my God, is this how the evening's going to go? But be patient, look, everybody. Look, look, Life look, at is how we, look, look at how we started, right? I didn't even realize I was on camera. Good, say I didn't, good thing I didn't say anything derogatory, right? You know, <laughs> or the computer or anything. You know, that's how it's going. Just like flipping myself on and off. Well, <laughs> This topic uh, that we chose, I chose uh, you this week. I did chase, choose yes. this topic and it was on the heels of watching a YouTube that really caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And I started typing this a couple of days ago, went to find it. <laughs> I didn't save it all. Yeah. <laughs> Start. So I usually save it to C and D drive. C right. drive had some material. D drive had other material. And I think somewhere, not all the materials, I had to go back and find emails that I had sent to myself. And I don't even know if I got it all. But this whoever is a topic this man, that... Whoever this man Murphy is, he can go home. <laughs> yes. Right? Murphy I, can go I, away. I, actually, I think it's the weather, to tell you the truth, because we are, we're in East Oroville. So I'm on the high side of Oroville into this foothills close to the uh, Or Dam, Or Lake. And it's 90 degrees here today. And it, three yeah, days in a row, the house is warmed up. And I think, oh, my gosh, it's summertime again. And then here we are. Two, is this the second week of October? The first week they've done. And I, have, I, found, I found my Halloween shirts. And I wore the one I like. This one I have on. Uh, yeah. Been there, done that. Got the T-shirt is one of my favorites. And it's a pledge I said to myself one time after cancer. Uh, been here, done that, got the t-shirt, and, and the nurse's office I was in, they go, oh, that's great, and I patented a t-shirt, so this is the one I wear a lot, but I do have Halloween shirts, and we've got to get them out and enjoy 
the season, even though it's yeah, 90 I just, degrees. I just did my front door was yesterday. I think yesterday yeah. before I finally put the stuff on my front door and stuff. It's taken me a while to start getting in the groove, but now I'm starting to like <laughs> yeah. it's flowing. So now my house is going to be hell central, but I mean, <laughs> it's that time of year, you know, and then, then, then I'll shift right out of Halloween into Christmas and it's like, we, you know, we do the holidays like Disney here. So, I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, in my family, I have a five and seven year old grandchildren, girls, and they're very feminine. They like the tutus and the leotards. And I am just really looking forward to Halloween this year. I think it's going to be really five and seven years old. Look, how oh, yeah, cute can that possibly, how cute is that? But anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, like I said, some days must have been when you asked me last week that I saw this one show and I'll tell you which one it is. So, uh, there is a place where you have a CC with a white around everybody. Click that yes. and it will give you words as I say it. Uh, yes. The other issue is allergy season. And mm -hmm. <coughs> I have been having allergy season issues and it's October. Yes. Anyway, I want to get to this. Um, well, this real quick, was real prompt quick. One last announcement. For those of you that love my intro so much, and I know you're out there, I'm going to be changing it up, you guys. It's, I'm going to change it up a little bit this year. I had some ideas, and uh, we'll see how it goes. It may take me a while to produce it, but uh, you won't have to look at me just standing there going. <laughs> I uh, I think it's good to kind of juice it up a little bit. I sent her a, a – well, I can't say. That's why. That's why. Okay. It's her fault. That's why I'm juicing this up. I, I sent her one that I uh, – someone I like, a professor in Sacramento, uh, Lloyd, and he uh, – I sent a video to her. I tell you, people are so clever. It just amazed me. Anyway, well, so we can go. Vision. After seeing that, I had that vision. And I always think of when you go to the movie theater, right? Uh-huh. And the uh -huh. thing popcorn comes up. So I got to thinking about that because <laughs> what's the end of my spiel, right? Grab your popcorn and snacks and blah, blah. So I'm trying to figure out how to animate the popcorn and snacks. Just like they do. I movies. think that's really fun, for, at least for Let's October. Let's go out to the movie. And then, you, then we have right. November. We have the turkey and... Christmas. Yes. It should be really fun. I. Anyway, that's that. But uh, so a week okay. ago, I had the opportunity. I I read a lot and I see a lot of videos. Everything I bring up, I own and I say. If it belongs to somebody else, I will then say it. And uh -huh. I want to give credit to people and their efforts to do shows. Uh, everything's my opinion. You may not agree with me, but because you watch me, you watch somebody else. Your broad, your information, their knowledge is broadened. And just because I think my way doesn't mean I have to think someone else's way or vice versa. So my doing these shows is 33 years of doing this work. It broadens me just to be able to talk about this. And I have my own opinions. Anyway, this Nancy Ryans, R-Y-N-E-S. She is an atheist or was, put it that way, a scientist. And she has her own website. And it is her name, Nancy ryne.s.com. She had near-death experience. She was hit by SUV while riding her bike where she went to heaven and met God and an angel. <clears throat> Nancy's NDE was a life-altering experience that changed her entire life. And what brought me to talk about her, <clears throat> listen to me, I couldn't believe it, um, was the angel showed her a map of her life. And it caught my eye because I'm a map person. I like clocks. I like maps. And this is because of what I do for a living. I have clients all around the world. I'm always looking at the time. <laughs> and maps intrigued me. 
uh, it's because of people I talk to. And I'm always asking whoever's I'm talking to, what state are you in and what's the weather? <laughs> uh, New York called me and they said, we're, we're drowning, we're drowning. I said, oh, no, don't, don't do that. And the storms every day, every day. So anyway, so this map would be something that Christopher Columbus might have had. It was very orient and very detailed. And it showed the time of her birth. And like a tree t t branching out were all these alternative experiences that she could see and have, yet she would have to go back on her path as a trunk of a tree going up to the top, which would have been the end of her life. And she found that intriguing. And I started to think about it because a lot of people talk to me about their lives and the choices they made as with myself. Um, I can look back, I worked at a telephone company 24 years and I was in a, um, a marriage we married uh, Catholic families and my husband's family is Catholic and we got married. Uh, we went all went to college and the day after the two-year college, we all got married and my husband's click, Catholic click, <laughs> all five couples. And we were invited to each other's couple a marriage and we weren't aware that all of us were getting married that day. <laughs> That's what kids did in the 60s. Wow. Yeah, 67. And I, I know one couple is still married of our group. Um, I'm not sure they're the Catholic group. And we lose touch with everybody. And I look back at those years and I kept being asked if I wanted to be a manager with the telephone company. And I was real good at marketing business in college and art. And I saw that as a direction for myself. <clears throat> and of course, we got married. That's what kids did those years. Right. And, and I, um, I finally did accept a, a, a promotion. Um, I was in engineering and precision artwork. I thought I died not in heaven, I could draw. And I worked with engineers later and manholes and conduit. That was artwork, drawing all day long, oh my gosh, right? And then I was promoted and they was not a job of my dreams, but it taught me how to communicate, which led to cancer, divorce and getting into this. So you can almost see a path from the beginning of my life, all the trials, tribulations, and suffering. You can't suffer and not evolve as a human being. You can't suffer without looking at your path and who you are as a person and, and try to decide if you're on the right path or not. And unless I had gone through that, I would never have sought out the reasoning why good people have situations like I went through. And, and it was very distressful to me to have suffered cancer, divorce, and not know who I really was as a human being. So I walked away from that easy life. And most people would have, um, we were on the fast track to being very successful. My husband's life was very successful, so was mine. And yet, because of suffering, I now have a life of service. I had to choose when I got into this and I started doing lots of readings and seeing spirit people. It was just boom, boom, boom. And one of my friends encouraged me not to stay with the telephone company, give this up, but give up the telephone company and stay with this. It was probably the best thing in my life because it, the value of service and the value of what I've learned is why I'm giving these classes. And I've already told Char, I've done over a year's worth of her 
every Friday night. Very soon, and I have a number in my head of people who need to subscribe to my website, I'll be promoting my little, uh, they call them reels, uh, short mm -hmm. YouTubes, uh, stories of all the clients I've had and um, test all kinds of things. So sign up if you want that. But I want to go back to Nancy's story. This map intrigued me because I'm a map person. And I started to realize and think through past, um, past life regression work that I've done with people, um, those who have major changes in their life, and I can see that. And just recently, and I know it's on my list here, of talking to a young lady whose um, man is in jail. And she met him um, while he was in jail. He was a, a young man that did something he shouldn't have with a group of people. End up in jail. I got to be careful because these people have not given me permission. And because he's in jail for some years, he is now going to school. He's going to become a minister. And he's going to turn around and become either coach or a sports gentleman in the prison system to help wayward young men who come in. So in some ways, we don't know the divine plan. If he hadn't gone to prison, would he had sought this path out? But because he did, is it the same path? And that's where we wonder in the between lifetimes or original thought of where we want to go with our learning, how it's presented and what choice we'll make. If I'd stayed with the telephone company, I probably would have been retired and just <laughs> sounds good. Some days I get really tired. But at the same time, we go to a place of realizing the value who we are. And Cheryl's doing that in this lifetime and being successful. And when we did the past life for her, it was cut short. She never got to that level. So in some ways, that path she chose for that life was unfinished. And she came here to finish it. And in, and it wasn't like she failed. It's she died and couldn't finish. What, Char? Well, I remember when I first, well, not really first started to do the show, but when my mother was ill. And uh -huh. I remember my friend Christina, and I remember saying, well, you know, uh, I was preparing for that death by trying to figure out, was I going to be take photography on? Was I going to continue writing mm. for newspapers? What was going to happen? I still write for newspapers. I still shoot, but not as often as I used to. And Christina kept going, well, you're known for, for, for ghost hunting and all this. And I thought, I don't want to be known for ghost hunting and all this. Yeah. Uh -huh. That wasn't a goal. And then look at me now. I mean, here I am. This is it. You know, so you never know how your path is going to go. You may think it's going to go. How it develops. To develop. Yeah. Absolutely. So so, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, uh, and this is not, <laughs> I have 11 pages single typed. So I blew it open so I could see it a little better. <laughs> Uh, I asked her earlier, I said, Shara, you have a class at eight? And she says, no. And I went, oh, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> it, it, some, and I will bring up intuition. And sometimes we like something like Shar. We like it. And yet we can't see where we're going. And I tell mm -hmm. clients when they come to me, and I just recently, I don't scold, but I say, who are you as a person, man or woman? Have you wrote down your at aspects of who you are as personality, what you enjoy. Oh, I'm really looking for something I really want to get into that satisfying. It says a lot of times it's already on our path. Turn around and look and see where you've been. It can show up in our past, but we didn't spend a lot of time with it. When I was in uh, college, I was very good at marketing and business, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do, but I wanted to be a teacher or 
commercial artists. Both my parents are commercial artists, artists, but I really enjoyed that. And I enjoy um, writing and telling stories. Well, mm -hmm. this is telling stories because that's what I do, but I like to write. Mm -hmm. And so the eight books I have coming will satisfy that level. Uh, mm -hmm. The marketing side is the activity of what we do. I'm marketing myself. Char is marketing yourself to do this and to create more. Um, anyway, let's get back to this. I don't want no, to. All right, we're here. Yeah, I know. All right. Okay. Um, I mentioned before that we all encounter peoples of all diverse energy levels. Um, wait a minute. Let me go back here. Uh, okay. Our souls offer the opportunity to choose a life uh, for an overall direction and purpose. That's just what I talk about. The family to be able to give the right economic intelligence or talent to achieve that outcome. Or we can decide to go with our current vibrational rate. So people pass over and they go into the afterlife. This is going to be two or three ideas. And put my hands down, Nancy, two or three different ideas. And I watch a channel on YouTube called LMN. Go to that channel, look for children reincarnation stories, or just type into YouTube search bar, children reincarnation, reincarnation stories. And in there, you're going to see a child that had a, a uh, short lifetime, they come back, they'll talk about it. They'll talk about uh, not being able to finish up. Um, James comes back and as a child, he draws pictures of himself in a plane that crashes. So that young man during World War II, not able to finish that life because of a death. So he comes back to finish and pursue what he wanted to do. Or we have an opportunity to say, um, which is crazy. Um, I actually saw myself as uh, a young woman in a nunnery, whether I was initiate, initiate or I was working there. And I remember, excuse me, <laughs> I remember working with my hands and knees, scrubbing the floor. And it was a place where I could not talk. And engineering, you don't talk either. And I found that curious. But in this line of work, I talk every day, all the time. But as that young woman on her hands and knees, there must have been some kind of tragedy because I was so eager to go into the farmlands in the city and, and give comfort to those people. It was like a yearning that I had to get away from this place and be out in the world helping them. And instead, I was scrubbing floors. Now, I'm pretty young, but all I got was a flash of that. Now, did I die of the plague? or the flu, or some other condition, because that's all I saw of that life. And the desperation of being trapped in the walls of this nun, nunnery, is that what they call it, Abbey, Abbey or whatever. And I was so despondent. So was that life cut short and then I became this person? I'm not positive because I also see myself in a more recent lifetime. That was the Middle Ages. I've seen other lifetimes. So it could be that we have lifetime after lifetime, but for this lifetime, I, as a spirit person, might look back at the young woman and said, she was very frustrated. I would like a life of service to help other people. And that's why I picked the body of Nancy. Um, both my parents were artists, but my father was immensely gifted as a medium and as a psychic. And I've told the story so many times, but I will briefly say, um, I saw him very little. Uh, even after he died, people would say, oh, poor thing, she's lost her father. And I didn't understand what death was. 
because he was a commercial artist for Universal Studios and he was in all the big cities and he was coming back um, April 1st, 1955 from Las Vegas and three Korean War veterans, heroes, were drunk and they hit my father head on. And he died at 2.30 in the morning, April 1st, 1955. But a month earlier, he took a life insurance policy out, effective midnight, April 1st, 1955. And my last memory of him was to jump in his arms and please, of course, then I would say, Nancy would do this. Please don't go. We'll never see you again. I don't remember my father's reaction, but all I could see is my mother's fist going into my face. Don't you ever do that again. Guess what? He got killed. And we never saw him again. And that's where this gift comes from. The next I remembrance is seeing him visiting us and my telling his mother, who recorded on a reel-to-reel, oh, daddy visited us last night. And he would look odd to me because he glowed. It was like he had yellow all around him. What did I know? I didn't know he was dead. He's visiting us. My sister sounds asleep and I'm up. I was a little tiny thing that you wouldn't know it by looking at me. <laughs> I was a very small child. And I remember looking at him going, well, I saw more then than normal, which was an odd thing to say. I, I have very little memories of him, which is unfortunate, but it is real life. And, and so now I am doing what the little lady cleaned the floor wanted to do. The other lifetimes in between, um, have nothing to do with what I do for a living. So we can leapfrog, which I find real curious. So our soul is offered, offered the opportunity to choose a life for an overall direction and purpose or a vibrational level. So if you are, and I want to reference Dante's Inferno, I believe that he was very intuitive. And I've also referenced what dreams may come when Robin Williams, mm -hmm. remember it's not his name in the movie, died. His dies, children die, and the wife commits suicide. And the whole movie is based on his quest to find her because he's so in love with her. And he finds her in self-imposed hell. So he wakes her up and brings her back. So in the next life, she would request a, a little better vibrational existence so that we evolve. So you could do it for a talent like mine. You could do it for a quest like Char. Or you could do it for a vibrational um level of going up so dante's inferno shows hell as a frozen lake with people frozen in the middle of it and that's what hell looks like to me not the fire brim so the hell is i'm frozen with despair i'm frozen for the wrong things i've done i'm frozen because i've hurt everybody and until you wake up you will stay that way and in my world i've seen people wake up i've talked to people and woke them up why are you there? So I want to go on. That's not what we're talking about tonight. So um, so I've told you I've, been, I've encountered living people of all different diverse energy levels, some less spiritual than others, or the term more evolved. I use that example like you walk. I've used this before, so I'll say it again. Many times, how many times have you gone to a restaurant? any kind of store, but I like restaurants because people are set tables and they're spread out and you walk in and you're just really wanting a good meal. You're happy. Yet there's a part of the restaurant that doesn't feel good to you. I don't want to sit over there. It doesn't feel good. Right. Or you leave a movie theater late at night and you go, I don't want to walk that way. I want to walk 
that way. Well, what are you picking up? You're picking up a less vibrational being, someone who's in turmoil. Yeah, we all get in turmoil, but we wear it differently when we're a vibration lower because it feels heavy to me. It feels dark. So those are beings, and you would not necessarily know it by looking at them. They could be anybody of our life situation. They're just evolving slower. And they may take on the president of a company or of a lower um, manual labor kind of a job. Vice versa, the most spiritual being could be the one who is manual labor because he wants to rest his lifetime. He wants no mental torment. He wants to work his body and he's enjoying it and he's good to everybody. And the less evolved people could be a CEO of a big company. And that does happen, we know, the less evolved. And so it could both it could be of any combination. Um I had a friend who died February 2001. And I've mentioned her a couple of times. She was a spina bifida woman and she was just absolutely charming. And she had had um, an accident. Someone had hit her and her, one of her eye went like mine. I have uh, Graves disease and one of my eyes went crazy. And I never knew what eye to look at. <laughs> People said that to me. And she's spina bifida, but she came from a family of hell's angels and people. And she told me once that she was only four foot three, but if she could have stood with the regular, a good body, not the one leg she had, she would have been five foot 10. And she's the one that visited me after her death. And she was standing in the stool when someone came in, she says, oh, I'm, this is a family station. She cussed like a farm girl. <laughs> she cussed terrible. She stood there with the legs that she was born with, not legs like the rest of it. Open her, look at me. I, I can stand, I can walk, but Blank, blank. I'm, I'm still only four foot ten, four foot three. Anyway, she said to me once, I had a friend who was late to a group of Hell's Angel motorcycle. Just because they are motorcycle peoples does not mean they are not highly intuitive and spiritual. Mm -hmm. One of the most psychic people, this is her speaking still, one of the most psychic people I know is a leader of a such a group, and he looks to his group as his family and his responsibility. And that was statement made by my psychic friend, Donna Vasquez, who died in 2001. So even a, a group of people that are not desirable in our community, to him, he was taking care of these people. To him, he was on a, a higher spiritual path, even though he chose that environment. Not good or bad, but it was what it was. And she, <laughs> she used to tell me she would get on the back of these bikes and they would strap her on to them and she would draw with them. It was, she was wonderful. Um, <laughs> sorry, memories, memories. Um, when you evolve and evolve, it, this is personalized and not to be paired, paired with others. The path of this lifetime is a reward, a learning curve, a rest. Remember I used that word earlier or a self-imposed punishment. You will know that before you come in. And we can look at people's lives and go, oh, my gosh, how come this person is suffering so? I would like to pull their spirit out and say, uh, Flesh, you stand up there. I want to talk to your soul here. I'd like to know why you picked this body. And it could be a minor thing. You could suffer. And the lesson would be is the partner you pick. Like Edgar Casey believes we all can reincarnate over and over with the same cluster of people. Vision of 
redwood tree and all those branches go out one branch, cluster of leaves on two or three branches of twigs that go out. This is our cluster and we'll take turns helping, hurting, evolving with each other. And so until you know the story, you don't know. Perhaps I got cancer to teach people around me. Who knows? But it got me out of a marriage. It got me onto this path. I'm very grateful. And it's a passion. I, I tell everybody, you know, at what point do I want to retire? Just get in my, my van and go camping a lot. I love that. Write my books. But I'm pulled back over and over and over. And today I had a session. I hung up. And I went, wow, we do that. I can do that. I can't stop. It's wonderful. And I'm not young anymore. <laughs> and, and I love it. Um, only you in your heart would know the true answer. So you can stop and say to yourself, why am I here? Think about, feel it. And you'll probably get some answers you're not expecting. So next paragraph down the heart. Pause. Next paragraph. So this individual is hard to stop and a life ends. The newly released soul is seen being greeted by multitudes of familiar souls who gather around the newly deceased and revel in the homecoming. And that you remember, I talked about Patrick Swayze and Ghost. When he finally mm -hmm. kissed his lady goodbye, Denny Moore, he turned around and he saw a multitude of people greeting him. That's how I see it. Within a few moments, the gathered souls around you to witness your wonderful experience called life. And it's called the Life Review. Of this past life, you are excited at first. Then you are shocked at some of the things you did and said and the reflection of how that person received it. Um, while you want to turn away, your family says, oh, look at that experience. They do not see it as wrong, bad, or not desirable. They see it as a complete experience. Oh, did you see what happened? That's very interesting. Another movie I would recommend and this has been out many, many years now. Um, oh, <laughs> I apologize. I had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, Natalie Wood's last movie. I want you to Google Natalie Wood. And and someone type it in the room. Shara, look for it. I just lost the word, a name of it. It was her last movie. Brainstorm? Uh, Marissa, drain, yes. Brainstorm, what, yeah brainstorm wonderful yeah. wonderful because the main person in it is a scientist and um there's a couple of the people and they develop a headgear and what it's supposed to capture is the death process and of course the main character i can't remember her name is a smoker and she has a heart attack and her last thought is i got put the helmet on and the helmet is a representation of exactly what i'm talking about so you're given the life review and these bubbles of thoughts come up and some people see it as a film one film after another some people say it appeared all around them and some people say it like bubbles of thoughts um i've seen it all ways all different ways people tell me about it while you want to turn away your family says oh look at that experience they asked if they pause they ask if you enjoyed that life and if you feel complete with it you wonder if you could have done more or better or a sense of wanting more time to complete that path, the chosen path. You have a sense you have a choice to go forward or join them or return and continue with that life and perhaps correct 
fix some of the things you felt incomplete about. So it's not like, and people have said to me, and I've watched videos, I've had a lot of clients over the years who've had these near-death experiences and they shared with me amazing um, uh I just remember a conversation I'm going to have with Char later on, a woman we're going to have on talking about UFOs because she had an experience. In your head, someone says, you got off the path. You chose for yourself. You can stay or you can go back. The free will choice moment then appears. The next instant, and this has been told to me, there's no time. You are then in your body. The next instant, you are back in that place where your heart stopped and awakened. To numerous people, so grateful you are brought back. People were grateful to see you, the homecoming. Did you enjoy that life? Did you get what you wanted done? And then, y'all, you think to yourself, hmm, maybe I should have done things different. Well, that is your choice. Then you are back in your body. Then in the course of my life, we are often given new direction, events, that the gut feeling to be aware or run away. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Um, in my life, I have felt not to do something and I've not paid attention. And then I wish I had. And I know every one of us have, whether it was a marriage or divorce or take a trip, there was an accident, something that derailed our path. Do you go back and fix it? A lot of us change our path and go back on track like I did. This is where I was always meant to be. And I have, I made an expression once. I said, God, he got so fresh with me. He had a guy brick that was big red brick and hit me on the side of the head called cancer to wake me up. Sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it takes something so big to wake us up. For me, it did. We call on our subconscious to tell us of upcoming doom and we pay attention or go through the accident. And during the NDE spirit says, you know, you are not done with your pledge, but now you can go back with obstacles to prove your determination. So sometimes, as with me, the cancer um, hurt me. And there was at times the mental conflict uh, of it. And a lot of women will say that, you know, it, it interfered with some of my thought processes. But because I was so driven to live, to find the answers for everything, it was actually a motivator. I did not want to stop my search for answers because I wasn't satisfied with my life. And a lot of you have said that to me. Some people who have near-death experiences, and I did uh, do some research, and every time I started looking at research, it was all different. Um, you may not remember the near-death experience as have noted in a small percentage of reportings. So in my readings, it seems to be 1 in 10 possibly or 1 in 20. Uh, percentage could be 8 to 20% of people who die and come back. Very small number. Um, I did have an experience I never talked about because it didn't seem very relevant. I didn't have a grand choice, but the choice was made for me. I was very young. It was after my father died and my mother moved to Northern California. And with the money from the um, insurance, she was able to live on her own raising us two girls. And she met a wonderful gentleman. She later married and had my third sister, my second, the three of us, third daughter. And I was very ill with tonsils. And that's why I was such a small child. And my mother went to the hospital, came home, had my tonsils, all that. She gave me an aspirin in the, before I went to bed, not knowing 
that it would thin out my blood. Remember, I was only 35 pounds probably at the most. I was very small, very thin. I looked like one of those children in Africa with the little tiny arms and everything. Anyway, I bled out. And the next thing I remember was holding the lady's hand. And it was confusing to me. It's like the first time the Easter Bunny comes and mom and dad reached under my bed for the basket. I went, how did that get there? <laughs> it was baffling to me. It's like Christmas. I think I was four or five before I got a Christmas present. And I went, who's in my house? I didn't understand. Well, the same thing with this lady. She was very tall to me in white dress. And I was holding her hand. I felt if she was older. And I was wondering why I was standing there. I didn't know where I was. But I seemed to be high. And she says, mm -hmm. you can't stay with me. See those? And she pointed to the ground. I saw two small children. And they appeared to both have brown hair. And um, it eventually was not my own children my because uh, of the hair coloring. But my um, grandchildren, a uh, boy and a girl, both very dark hair now. And I know the younger one was lighter here. But I remember thinking... Who are they? Why would I care? Because I was only seven, barely seven years old. And the lady said, you have to go back for them. And the only thing I can remember is, who's them? I was so little. Who knew? And I never put a lot of importance on it because I didn't have to make a decision. The decision was made for me. Mm -hmm. And that's because the lineage of my line needs to continue. Okay? And um, I do believe that we pick families for biological material and i clearly picked this life because of the inheritance of the ability of um being a medium and psychic uh both my uh my kids really are not cling to me type peoples they are very independent i feel like they chose um my husband and i for what we could give them and put them on their given paths um so a lot of times they don't remember uh, they don't also, if people do have a higher, if there's a higher percentage of people who do remember them, many people, according to the YouTubes I've seen uh, and a couple of people who reported back to me, they don't tell anybody. Like I never told anybody about this experience, not until these shows. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was a big deal. It wasn't. It was like in real time. How long was I talking to this wonderful lady? I held her hand like this, maybe five minutes at the most, a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I remember is is uh, my stepdad picking me up and carrying me. Stepdad, stepdad that was going to be my stepdad. He was rushing me to the car to rush me to the hospital because I was bleeding out. And that, you know, that was so long ago. But that did happen. I never told anybody. So I was one of those who never reported it. Um, many people reported they kept the experience to themselves as a fear of ridicule. It scared them and they kept quiet until... Later on, a lot of people will tell the story when they've evolved to a level of knowing it's an important story to tell. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I, again, you may not remember the near-death experience and the pre-life agreement with the divine or your spiritual family after coming back from the accident, illness, or suicide attempt, possibly with body damage from those incidences to push you even more to achieve your desired life experience or pledge. So we unconsciously remember the pledge if we have suicide or car accident, we could have our bodies damaged. But at the same time, that damage, that fear level, like for me, the cancer, pushed me to be more. And so I may not remember my pre-life arrangement, agreement, but they said, look at that life. Boy, that's really tough. You know, 
we're going to take that one. Look what that person is going to learn. That might be interesting, but I don't remember that. But the unconscious agreement pl played out in this lifetime. At this age, I can look back and I understand it. Um, and now this is another topic. This topic I picked tonight is off directed to those who choose a path of experience, fulfillment, service. There are souls who wish to experience an early death. A life of hardship, cruelty, etc. And when they are given the option of death, that choice will be offered and they then decide they have had enough and now they can return home. I did want to mention that because we do have a lot of death in our lives. My father was only 33 years old. And, and that was very difficult for everybody. My mother was only 29. But two little girls, and we're talking 1955. Women did not work. So it was after he left that my my aunt and uncle, Julie, who was a color artist, taught my mother how to make a living. It was very tough, but she did have insurance and my father did make sure she had it. Um, and I, I've said this before, not joking. I have had um, incidences where I've talked about my being at Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor five minutes before the plane crashed into it. And I was cited for not having told everybody of the plane going to crash. I said, the only thing I got was dread. And actually, I was very young. I didn't know the implications of what I was thinking and feeling. I just knew I had to go home. Mm -hmm. So I'm pleading with you. I know there's terrible stories out there of people losing children. I can't help that. I just tell you that there are some people who take um, an offer to leave early. Maybe my father did too at 33. He knew he was going to die. He didn't try to stop it. I did tell him. He did take insurance policy out. He did not change his path. I find that amazing. Um, please, no letters to me for those who lose babies or children. We do. We know not the heavens, what the heavens decide for the totally innocent. I am sure the totally innocent are coming here. And one innocent told me um, the experience of love for the pregnancy, the experience of joy, the family reunion, and then unfortunately the child did have to leave because that was the agreement. It would be a short time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that had to be said because I did want to bring it up. So that was a choice. Is that free will or not? That was locked in place. That was never going to change. I spent time looking at cases and a few of my clients, and I'll tell you of them now. In the early 90s, I talked to some ladies in Reno. One of the ladies told me of her NDE, and I'd been the only one she told, as far as I remember. She had been in a terrible accident and needed to be airlifted by helicopter to the hospital. After being lifted to the helicopter, a nurse was bending over her. And as she looked at the nurse, the next thing she realized is that she was looking at the back of the nurse, that she was on her knees in the helicopter looking at the back of the nurse. She says, how did that happen? And then she realized, she said, oh, well, I'll look, you know, this is kind of interesting. I'll look around for a minute. And she lost touch with that thing that the nurse is leaning over. And I've heard that over and over um, she realized the nurse had frantically tried to revive her. She wasn't aware that she was dead. She was very curious what was happening and that, that she was not in the body. She felt disconnected from her flesh and what was happening. She started to get up and a woman's voice behind her said, don't turn around. Clearly, she was now very curious and desperately wanted to see if it was a grandmother who sounded like this lady. This voice said to her that if she needed, she needed to make a decision. She would turn, if she turned around and saw her, that would mean that they would leave. 
if she decided she would stay, she couldn't look at her and that she would be revived. She said to me that she felt wonderful, yearning, enjoying that grandmother. But mm -hmm. then she paused. She said, I remembered her. I was remembering my children and that they were very young. She said the children would miss her. And in that instant, she was back on her body looking at the nurse in the face. The moment of realization that she made about her children, her emotional connection to her children, that was the decision that was made. Mm -hmm. Yes, she wondered, would have that happened, but surely it would have meant that she would die and continue on with the voice of the grandmother. I like that. I like that story a lot. This is one from the channel called The Other Side Near Death Experience. Dave Bennett. B-E-N-N-E-T-T, -T, and his near-death experience was in 1983. He drowned. <laughs> he was in a boat. And um, there was the era, I can't remember, but he it was like 40 years ago. He was very young. And they were in a boat, and all of a sudden, a big storm tipped the boat over. He had what they call a um, Jane Mansfield life vest on. And he was very confident he would be fine, unknowing that when he was thrown overboard, the boat collapsed in on itself. The rope on the deck got wrapped up in his arm. When he was in the water, he was trusting that he would be floating to the surface. Instead, he was in a turbulent kind of a, like a washing machine wah, wah, over and over and over. And he realized he may not make it. And he thought to himself, why can't I float? Well, the turbulence of the water, he couldn't. But what happened was another wave came and turned the boat over and he was thrown up and his back hit the boat. The boat hit him. And when it did, it made him <gasps> gasp for the air, but it made him also throw up all the seawater. Um, infinite presence. And, lame. and so while he was dead, he, per he said this, um, found himself in blackness, infinite presence, the light came closer to him, then was witnessing to bright lights, family came forward and welcomed him home. This is what I have spoke to earlier about the lights. People, a lot of people talk about a lot of lights and they're actually souls coming to welcome you home. He had a review of his life and the extended um, family enjoyed witnessing his life and parts of it was not comfortable. He then saw which I hadn't heard before, and this is why I bring it up. He started witnessing a future in that life. He was able to see the possibilities of that future. And this is eight minutes into the, into the YouTube, if you want to watch just that part. He came to realize the corridor felt as though he could choose to step to the left or to step to the right. So it was shown to him uh, of what he had lived. Remember, he was only in his early 20s period. And that he was in a corridor with a lot of doors. And yet he could see the options for future choices and the rest of his life. And he felt as though he could choose to step to the left or to the right and then back to the hallway and continue down the corridor. He came to realize that the side steps were his choice of free will to take these detours and come back to the path he originally chose for himself. The voice told him that it was not his time, that he needed to come back. And Dave did not want to come back to that broken body in the ocean. He wanted to stay with that extended family. 
he was told he had a purpose. And with that, he instantly knew what that meant. He made the choice and found himself back into the ocean. He realized, he felt, yes, I'm making that choice. So in that near-death experience, he didn't turn away from that and say no. He said, yes, I understand. He returned with the two of the family members. Oh, he returned to the family members. Uh, the boat he was attached to had a rope attached to the arm. The boat flipped and he hit the back. His back hit the boat, coughed up seawater and caught his breath and the rescue. Acceptance, tolerance, personal truth. And they were his mantra. He could see auras, look at people's lives and see their lights. Eventually he quit his sea life and joined a new group so he could be of service. I have been asked and told to many times and people have asked me, did you have um, abilities after you came back? Well, I was not even seven years old when um, I had this. No, I was just seven years old uh, by a few, few weeks um, when I had the near-death experience. But remember, when my father died, he came back to visit us. And I could see him, and I told his mother, my grandmother, and she recorded all these things. And my sister and I split the chest. We had, you know, family chest. And I didn't get the tapes. She must have them up there in Seattle. Um, the other one, this is a new one. Um, it's called The Other Side, Near-Death Experiences. And this is a girl named Deborah. She died and signed a contract with God during a visit to the afterlife. I felt that was very interesting. So the channel is called The Other Side. Her name is Deborah. Um, what is the heading on this? I think it's she died and signed a contract with God. And her first name was Deborah, a visit to the afterlife. She actually experienced three near-death experiences. Uh, first time a car accident, she had intuition something would happen. And we get the intuition so we don't have those accidents. <laughs> and she didn't pay attention, unfortunately. And um, she yelled, I, um, no, not now. And a man came and pulled out of the car with two other ladies. A few years later, so she was saved. A few years later, another car event, a car, a car hit her. She was out of body. And again, she said, no, not now. I have kids to take care of. And as she said that, she saw a large truck and a pulling a tractor. So she was involved with a car accident. And just as she was hit, she then saw a truck pulling a tractor. And she said, no, I have kids to take care of. As the accident happened, she lost consciousness and she woke up. And there was a man standing next to the um, policeman. And they were asking how she's doing. And then she realized the man next to the police officer was the man driving the truck. And she says, how are you? He says, I don't understand that. I was going to hit you. And all of a sudden, I found myself in the grass in another lane. So the angels heard her. Her mm -hmm. path had not been completed. So she had a choice. She said, no, not now. And he was diverted. Mm -hmm. So we're given choices evidently in our lifetime. You want to still stay here? Or do you want to come with us? You want to go home? And clearly I didn't want to go home either. I thought, no, this is because I was involved in a couple accidents also. And I remember at the mm -hmm. time thinking, no, not now. And I know that you kids... Um, have a lot of you. Um, she was a winner of American Island. I think it was Pickler. Pickler? Pickler, she's a blonde, really cute girl, and she sang the song. 
uh, Jesus, take the uh, wheel of my car, something like that. And that actually happened to me. I was living past Placerville, Highway 50 in Pollock Pines. And I used to do a lot of events in Sacramento in the ni- uh, 90s and two, up to 2003. <laughs> I was coming home from downtown Arden, uh, Barnes & Noble book signing. And I re- drove up 50 past Placerville, drove right into a whiteout. And I remember thinking, there's cliffs all around. And I was driving the geostorm blue, mm-hmm. light blue. And I realized that if I got over a cliff, such a small car snowing, it was going to be snowing mm-hmm. all night, that I would be lost. And I remember thinking, I don't know what to do, but I I got to trust that I will be okay. And someone said, hold on to the steering wheel, but not tightly. And I hit the curb. And when I did, I realized I was leaping to my left. I went down the hill the next day. I, I did the trip two or three times, and I found where I hit the curb. I was, um, I only can tell you, I wasn't meant to jump that curb and go over. It was <laughs> enough that my one tire hit it just, and I was not clenching the stairwell, and I bounced, and I turned it to that direction. That happened to me. I had another accident. Someone hit me, and I and the police asked me, "How do you know how to hold on the steering wheel?" I was only eighteen, and I remember thinking I wasn't holding on the steering wheel. Crazy, right? Okay, so the woman that was watching the road sees the tractor coming to her, pulling the truck, pulling a tractor. She says, "No, not now," and the driver said, "I knew I was going to hit you, but I." all of a sudden end up in a different lane. Those are amazing stories. I really encourage you to go back and listen to that. Again, it's called um, The Other Side, Brackets Near Death Experience, and the story of Deborah. An instant later, she opened her eyes and the policeman, and I already talked about that. Um, okay, so um, as he said, I should have went over her and crushed her and in the, in the lane. Mm-hmm. And then in the story, she says, as he said that, she felt immediately a download of her mediumship abilities because I knew I heard spirit. She mentioned she was tested by Dr. Julie, J-U-L-I-E, last name, B like in boy, E-I-C-H-E, and Professor Gary Swartz. And Professor Gary Swartz is the one who's designing the soul phone, kind of wanting to put the rest of us out of business. I go, please do it um, so that we can talk to people in the afterlife. He also is the one that, and I've told Charmin, I had the pleasure of working with him. He double blind tested me too. And it's been a real pleasure to know him over these years. To validate she was a receiving spirit, um, she passed the test. And I'm, she seems like a lovely lady. Few years later, she got really sick, ready to die. Spiritual doctors, she witnessed spiritual doctors come into her room and not being able to stand the pain, she left her body. She saw she was in a white room and saw God. He picked her up and went over to a wife cotton, white coffin. And that moment she knew that this was a choice for her to make. And she decided not to lay down in the coffin. He then saw he then saw a long piece of paper. He then brought to her a long piece of paper. 
her life contract. She was told that she agreed and would do what she would do when she returned. So she signed on the daughter line. And of course, it's a life of service. And I find that amazing that she was so clear in this near-death experience that she could mm -hmm. have laid down the coffin. She would have died and stayed there. Or she could sign the contract that she made prior to this life with God. And he wanted her to sign again. And she did. And she's come back. She looks like a young woman. So I don't know how many years she's been doing this. But clearly she'll do this for the rest of her life. I thought that was really an amazing story. Um, there's one here. I'm going to spell her name. N-A-Y-A-S. Naya's corner of the universe. Free will versus predestination. Near-death experience. 6, 12, 17. Um, and she made a couple of statements. Um, everything is in now. All time mm -hmm. is happening all at once. Free will and predestination is the same event. And that's why I brought it up because there is talk that everything, all time is happening at once. That spirit can access. And one of the people who um, talks to me often, her brother commi committed suicide. He was in emotional turmoil. It was a disease that created this exit for him. And he spoke of, um, of a lifetime. He wanted to live in the time of Jimmy, Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. And so I was talking to her when she says, where is he? He hasn't shown up. I haven't told him for days. And I says, okay, let's ask. And, he's, and he told me, he showed me him being on a pirate ship in the Mediterranean. And he said something to me that flabbergasted me. And it, didn't, it took me a few days to kind of hear it. And he said, I don't like this life. I went, really? And later on, it occurred to me, and I think I did talk to him, but she also talked to me about it, that we have access to all time. If you've had a life in the past, you can go back and revisit it and relive it. You can also go back and have a choice of a different life. And I don't know if he chose to experience a life in the Mediterranean because he loved Johnny Depp Pirates of the Caribbean series. Or he went back and experienced a life as a pirate in the Mediterranean mm -hmm. that promoted his love for Johnny Depp movies, Pirates of the Caribbean. So we have access to past, present. And I do believe we have access to future because I'm able to give predictions, describe children yet to be born. And in my mm -hmm. own life, I've seen, I have seen three future lives, two men and a woman. And the woman seems further out, like 350, 350 years. The mountain that she lives in seems, she's part of a mountain, um, much like, um, oh, every time I get going on these show movies, I get them all mixed up in my head. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it and he goes to Mars and it's a sharp, what's the name of that movie that was so popular? Um, Mars Attacks. No, not, not that one, but it's, um, they just made another one with Farrell in it. Uh, anyway, I see myself in a um, complex, but it's inside the mountain. And this is very common life. We don't have as many buildings out on, on the dirt as much as remodeling of the planet. And we're inside the mountain and it's all glass very much like in the movie um 
someone in the chat room, what movie am I talking about? Um, God Take the Wheel, that Carrie Underwood. Thank you, sweetie. That's exactly what happened to me. Um, Joe, tell me what Arnold Schwarzenegger, he made it long, 87 something, and he uh, is living on Mars. But anyway, um, so she said, everything is now. All time is happening all at once. So I mm -hmm. see the past, present, and I saw the future. Now, is that because we're a pile, all time is piled on each, each on top of us? I'm not sure because when I read future for somebody, I feel it close to me and it's days and weeks. The further out I have to reach my hand to feel that event tells me distance. And because mm -hmm. I love live in California, I base weather time of year. Now, our weather's been all screwy. So I have to redesign <laughs> how I'm going to think. See, that the weather's been all slow. Look at me. I wow. know. I'm, yeah, I got a fan of me too. Um, free will and predestination is the same event. I'm not positive, but that was her truth. Infinite timelines. Infinite timelines. Hmm. Before choosing a lifetime, higher self connected to higher self. So our higher self will connect to another lifetime and higher self. Frequencies lines up with us now to the source. I do believe in that because there is, it's like um, Dante's Inferno. There are seven layers of enlightenment. And our goal as souls is to reconnect to the, to the divine. And we have to purify ourselves or have life experiences. Not, you know, why not, right? And so different levels of vibration. And this is what she speaks of. So I do encourage you to do that. The first time around you take out the life you choose, a vibrational path. They choose that life a, or a scenario for the experience. You decide on a path, though it is called predestination. So I do like her. I would encourage you to go back. She does speak of choices and not having choices. Uh, life based on vibration, not necessarily scenarios. I found that very curious. Um, your idea of what you'd like is a picture, a picture that's made into a puzzle. The universe picks a life for you. How you put that picture puzzle together, you can make it a quick, easy 10 pieces or a hundred or a million pieces. Each piece is a different experience. I kind of like that idea. I did like that, her saying that. Um, you could take 10 lives to finish the picture or a million lives to experience the picture. I, I kind of like that. Uh, gives another definition of the complexities of how we want to see this. Um, reincarnation is a choice and we come back to the same family to continue life commitment to that family. And this happened, um, and I did bring this up before I was entertaining a group of people, Carmichael Affairs, California. And this was shown to me to be family members can come back very quickly into the same family. So this woman's father passed away and the grandchild was born and I was entertaining the group and I looked at the granddaughter and I told the lady I went before we even started I went into the kitchen they were sad I says I need to tell you something your granddaughter is your father and everybody knew and it was like I was trying to be very tactful like is she gonna take this okay and they were going oh we were hoping you're gonna pick that up we wanted to know and I go well it was so obvious like a child and I see this man in it an old man <laughs> and the man, child may not even know it doesn't matter. The man showed himself as he had been. And I was absolutely like, oh my gosh. If I'm talking to somebody and a spirit man shows up or something like that, I am bound to tell it. Now I can tell it 
a lot of different ways. But if I don't say the truth of something I pick up, unfortunately, I'll say, because what mediums will tell you, I can never forget it. And that's terrible. I have to say something. Um, our emotional state during our lives fluctuate from great to severe depression. And during those times, we are given more choices to experience a different situation and to go to immediately to the desired outcome. So, <clears throat> so you can have clients come, which I cannot, um, client has events coming, which I cannot see. So mm -hmm. much energy of change that I cannot sort through all those changes to see the outcome. So I'll give a reading to somebody and someone will call me up 10 times want more readings of the next step to take. And I can't see that because there's life situations that need to be brought to you. So I want to remind you of the corridor that someone brought up earlier, the man in the, uh, who drowned. I can also see the similar corridor, which I made reference to before seeing this. And I said, you're going down a corridor and there's a right turn. I can see that coming. I'll tell you what it looks like. But before that corridor, there's a whole bellow of energy. And for some reason, I get to that, that bellow of energy. I can't get through it because there's some decisions that you're going to make to which I cannot see at the moment that are so important that you make them and I cannot. And that is sometimes what people will call and they'll say, I have one question. I go, really? Just one? Oh, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> and it's like, I need to change jobs. Ask my spirit people what job... I should take or where should I move? Well, the spirit people don't want to. They're not going to tell you. What you're saying is, Nancy, you sort out and you tell me what to do next because I can't make my mind up. I mm. cannot do that for you. And it's not like I don't want to at times because I have told people, but it was evidently not the deciding factor for that life path or lesson. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's so important that you make that free will choice. Free will choice, we brought that up before here. That predestination cannot be the, the path. You have to make sure that you do it. Um, I'll say this earlier because I love this expression. Um, that Donna that I spoke of earlier. Um, I really, I did learn a lot from her. Taught me a lot. But it wasn't intentional. It was just conversation at times. And one day I was very as a young woman, I was out of divorce. I had fallen for somebody. And I said, I wish I'd known how bad that, that choice was. I would never had made it. And then she said something. She says, only through strife does our soul evolve. Mm -hmm. And I felt that that was a very important lesson in the moment. And then she said, the choices you have to make is the free will to I'm going to get this wrong. I have to say it one more time because I say it all the time in the minute I'm, it's like typing, you type all the time. Then the minute you want to spell a word, you can't find the keys, right? Um, the anxiety of the choices that you have to make to the end result, I can already see. Sometimes the anxiety of the choices that you think you cannot make, I cannot make either, but the end result, I already see. In some ways, that predestination is still locked in, which brings us to the idea, well, where's that free will come in? What you do to get to that point is your free will. But in the afterlife, in that near-death experience, it's very obvious that you can make a choice to stay or to come back. It's your emotional connection 
that brings you back. All the things I brought up today were people who unconsciously in a split second said, I like that path or I want to fix something or I love my children. When I had that experience, I called near death experience, that lady, she told me, you cannot stay. And I didn't even realize I was anywhere that I need to make a decision. You got to go back for them. I said, who's them? I was a little kid. I didn't know any different. I didn't know what death was. I didn't know who those people were down there. Where, where's down there? Why, should, why am I looking down there? <laughs> it was crazy. Um, the reason I bring this up is that many times have been talked about lectures, conferences, or videos that we are born with a desired path or come for that life. Visualize a corridor. And I've said this earlier, but I'll repeat it because I typed it up. Visualize a corridor with many doors, each side of the hall, like a big hotel. Each door opens, presents a learning experience for your benefit or determined. What we need to realize is that we detour from the hallway and we need to go back to continue our path to the end of our life as seen prior to our birth. As on the Y uh, YouTube channel, Reincarnation and Children, a boy said he died in a house fire as a young woman with children. Telling his parents of the incident, parents not believe. But research after the boy said, his past life name, first name, and the city he lived in. And I remember he had already said I was on the third floor of a building and it was on fire and I jumped out the window. She, mother found that storyline. They did find a familiar story. And, mm -hmm. and to be fair to that family watching, if they do watch this tonight, it was a similar story. I would not want anybody to think that that's locked in stone unless the family was approaching them. It is not that he duplicate that life as much as a spiritual vibration of that life need to come back and continue on the path to enlightenment. Did you see how I word that? The woman versus the man child. The woman was in a fire. She died. She was very young. She had two children, if I remember right. She died and immediately came to this little boy. It was because of the enlightenment she was to experience. Did that mean she took a wrong path and that she chose to die in the fire? Absolutely not. It could have been someone else's unfortunate choice to create the fire. I, I don't know things like that. But she was on a strong spiritual path and she wanted to be born again to continue that vibration. Not necessarily the path of being a child growing up, but to continue to a higher level of vibration. I would love to talk to this child 20 years from now, 30 years, and see if he's in a lifetime of service to others, these children are the one, these people do do that. Not necessarily for him to marry, have children, but to marry and have children and gain the wisdom of these life situations, a vibrational improvement. Um, to rejoin the hallway, as I spoke earlier, entering door in the hall allows us to have experiences or enhance a life or derail it is our free will. We will be sent back on the path if possible or to end that life and begin again on the path of vibrational perfection. I typed that up because of that story of the little boy, that vibrational life. <clears throat> Clearing. There are some lives that are on a major freeway directly to the end of the life as planned. The path of work could be a job started as youth and continue to death. And I sometimes make reference, I might have had a life in Japan or China, and I saw myself in the fields uh, taking... Um, maybe rice or some product. And I, in that life, I did the same thing in my entire life. And I remember that. 
Um, and I, it was a fresh, uh, it was very early in my nine, 1990s. And so I was just getting into reincarnation and I was taking classes and everything. And the pastor of the church said, get a little candle, go in the bedroom, mirror on the uh, closet doors. That was very popular back then. Close the windows and light a candle and sit there and ask to be shown past lives. And when I saw the face of a Chinese or Japanese man, I apologize, I don't remember which. And then I saw the fields of rice. And I go, oh. So once you see a lifetime, and my face changed many times, I was shown a lot. Then I could re-visualize that face and I could go back to that life. So I encourage you to try that. Um, uh, that are like, uh, see, there are lives that are on major pathway directly. And so the reference of a lifetime with the same job or the same family dynamic where there are families, um, I don't, I take very few days off and there are many people who work every day, seven days a week. They never take mm -hmm. time. Their whole life is like that. Um, uh, the path of work could be a job starter youth and continue to death. The conflict of that life to understand the dynamics, the conflict of that life period would be to uh, maybe understand the dynamics of family uh, commitment to enjoy um, a life of rest. Maybe uh, a farmer like that person was resting his soul, his spirit because of the turbulent life before or learn how to embrace family love. So there's a lot of dynamics there. Some family dynamics are awful. Uh, the peacefulness of working in the fields, which I, I would find very peaceful, or to learn to love the family unit. So there's a lot, even though the road from birth to death was a straight arrow. Mm -hmm. and that, another client situation, um, I brought this up and didn't finish earlier, so I apologize. Um, I did bring this up earlier about the man in jail and that he would uh, learn serve and do service. And that is something he chose to do, but he's pursuing it in jail, not on the street. So that was a personal choice, how he is doing it. Does a soul volunteer for a life that will end too soon for the enlightenment of the parents? I spoke of this really uh, softly earlier, and I want to explore it a little bit more. Very hard topic, yet I have clients who, because of the death of their son, have evolved to a service of others. Um, this couple I'm thinking of initially, right, start here. They own a ranch and they're constantly in a situation to parent their staff and cow hands, very young people, to be better people. And they had a, a suicide of a child in their family. There's also a child, a couple who lost a child and had got, got into counseling for wayward children and the homelessness. And that's in the Sacramento Valley. And you'll hear people on TV say, oh, they had cancer or something. And now they're a fundraiser for cancer. Or there's people who um, lost a child in suicide, now in suicide prevention and this couple here had a child that ran away and died of drugs and now they're in the foster care system for those homeless and wayward children so because they volunteered to be in a life situation where a child would die it turned their life around and mm -hmm. so that was an agreement for all those family members and i don't want bad letters everybody please i can only look at perspective of where i'm sitting today because i don't want you to think i'm not insensitive Right. to the loss of a child. Once before we talked to parallel universes, multi-dimensions, those lives, if they are duplicate to ours, is more than the topic I can handle tonight. And I'm sure it is in question that we brought this up. 
it'd be a mm -hmm. question that could be brought up. Uh, Stephen Hawking, before he died, wrote a paper up, and I actually put it on my website somewhere on his belief on parallel worlds and multiple dimensions. And I guess the math worked. I don't know. For me to think there's two of me trying to struggle through this, or three, four, five, amazing. And in the newspaper, the article, there was, it was actually a newspaper, so it might have been quite a while back. Uh, he had someone drop the idea of him sitting in the chair, his wheelchair, and all these bubbles of all these thoughts. And he said, when we are living our life and we make a choice, a change in our path, a new universe will open up and we'll continue in that life and that path. Mm -hmm. And then that life is on a path and it makes another choice. Another bubble is opened up or doesn't make a choice. To me, that was almost too hard for me to comprehend because all of us, four, six billion people on the planet will keep making choices every day. And if it's off our path, that opens a new bubble or window. Mm -hmm. That hurts my brain thinking about it. <laughs> but it is something that I wanted to bring up because Stephen Hawkins, I've read him and all Einstein. And I even met uh, Stephen Hawkins, a friend of mine took me to uh, UC Davis and he was given a talk before, years or two before he passed away. Did I meet him or just, I've sat really close to the stage. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and she knew I just, I'm crazy. I got this brain that doesn't work like everybody else's. And I just enjoy that kind of topic, you know, in the next lifetime, I see myself as a physics teacher, a man. And I think it's going to be a very fun life because I'm kind of that way. As I said before, my concept of the afterlife is vibrational levels of evolving souls. Those are the heaviest or slowest level of spiritual growth we're here on earth, everybody. This is the beginning, I think. We evolve to the level of pureness to be able to join again with the creator. And I made references, Dante's Inferno. I believe that's possibly what it could be. Um, it's been a long time since I studied the Bible, decades and decades. But there was a reference, and someone I know could correct me, of uh, Christ talking about the vague, vague vibrational levels of souls, that someone who's evolved, uh, can see up and see down but someone who's on a lower level we can only see down we can't see up we can't see mm -hmm. those who are evolved more than we are and that's what i talked to Shar about when we do ghost investigations there are mm -hmm. spirits that are trapped and lost souls unless we talk to them waking them up they cannot see the heaven they can go to they're stuck and that's a good example of not seeing up they can only see where they are um, okay, so a little bit of fun here, and I'm talking as fast as I can. Um, no, we're not going to do it. I had to do this Star Trek quote from the movie. Um, uh, see, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Uh, we have the seven levels from Dante's Inferno, and the highest level would be to join with the creator. And no, I wasn't making reference to Star Trek quote from episode where Spock has taken his brother to a planet mm -hmm. that's encircled with um, fog because it's meant there is a, um, there was a, not a rumor, but a, some kind of belief that this planet being shielded from the universe was the center of the universe and the creator was part of it. And so the brother talked Spock and Kurt into taking to this planet and it wasn't the creator at all. But the misalignment of belief 
is what the story was about, is be true to what you are seeking. And the other movie that I like was the first one that Star Trek made. And the movie was about a machine that had come into the universe. And on the way to Earth, it was destroying all mechanical equipment like space stations and other things. And it was actually a very large machine that had attained consciousness. And the consciousness was given to them by a piece of equipment that traveled millions of miles in the universe. And on the side of it, it had a plaque and it was named Voyager. Mm -hmm. And so when Spock and Captain Kirk came upon it, Spock was very intuitive, mind meld as best he could. And he realized this was an intellectual being of mechanical properties, but it was only a child and it was looking for its creator. And at the end of the movie, someone on the starship, and I forgot the young man's name at the time, he was a blonde fella, he mind meld, allowed a mind meld and a blending of the machine with his essence. And so the machine evolved to a new level because it had the Voyager human essence of it. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, and I had this question given to me, and we want to go to the creator and become what? And I think to myself, maybe that's a level of heaven we don't understand, that the Mm -hmm. light of our soul flickers off from this being is innocence and we look for a path that would give us knowledge and understanding more than what the creator gave us when we jet us out from the center of himself and that we can go back to that and if we go back to the core of what the universe calls god then we join and we become the wiser greater movement of some celestial greatness that we have no concept of I do know that spirit people have addressed and I've told stories about this where they're traveling the universe sightseeing. And I told my kids, I don't miss me. I'm going to Japan and China, Great Wall of China. I'm going to travel the world. Then I want to hit the cosmos. I want to go to other planets. And all you have to do with a thought when a spirit person is say, I wonder, I wonder what it's like out there. And this young man, he had died and he, his mother comes to me, where's Jason? And she was you know, miss him and she didn't feel him. And she, he said to me, when I finally reached him with my mind, I couldn't find him for a little bit. I went, where is he? (laughs) Well, her life force was so strong. She found him, but he couldn't, she couldn't get him to come home because he was in the middle of the universe. And he said to me, would you tell her to stop pulling me (laughs) back? He says, I'm out here. And he gave me the pose of Superman. Da-da-da-da. You know, and he says, I'm traveling. I want to see the universe. He was 17 years old when he passed. And she got it. I want to try that. I think we all should have uh, my mother's last sentence to my sister. She says, off to the next great adventure. And I like that, too. Um, Nurture your soul. This is Kelly's story. There's no such thing as free will. Uh, This is a follow-up. This is a video that was made 11 years ago. And this is um, Nurture Your Soul channel, Nurture Your Soul, Kelly's story. Um, At first five minutes are wonderful. Um, What is scripted cop story of doom and gloom? Then what is scripted or decided happiness? This is uh, another one. Um, I'm stopping 
I want to stop a couple minutes. This is another one I really like. Um, as a young man, he fell into some glass, getting up middle of the night. His name is Sean, S-E-A-N, last name Enright, E-N-R-I-G-H-T, 1996, near-death experience, fell into a glass table. Um, he bled out on the floor, became a not body. Everything disappeared, perfect peace. He was almost 19 at the time. Near-death experience did not make him religious, but what? But that he continues after the body dies. He found that out. The materialistic life in America was no longer appealing to him after he came back. Success and materialism did not fulfill him. Um, a new him had been born. An old him did not get along very well. He was searching for something more meaningful. He explored other lifetimes and enjoyed he could then after he came back he could flip back and forth to other lifetimes. And then he would visit that lifetime by stepping into it. Possibly that's what John did with the ship from the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. uh, he laughed that he didn't always get along with his life as a white dude, because most of his life he visited were not of a white Caucasian person. Um, and I, I think I'll let you go on to that. He developed, um, learned how to meditate, learned in Thailand. He, and this is getting away on to eight o'clock. I got to finish up here. Um, so he's in his thirties now. And I think you would very much enjoy his story about how he learned to meditate and leaves his body all the time. He visits past lives and now he's in service to others. Uh, he said, um, next 20 years, he did five to 7,000 hours of meditation and he developed deep peace within himself. Joy and happiness comes to him. So I, I explore um, Sean Enright, 1996 near-death experience, fell into glass. Near-death uh, experience, diary channel. Channel is called uh, diary, D-I-A-R-Y channel, near-death E, N-D-E diary. I think I better stop. It's eight o'clock. Okay. That had a lot to cover. I hope I answered your questions. I hope I covered a lot of different aspects of that um, to have choice or not. A lot of these choices are made in the afterlife on an emotional basis, which I found kind of curious. Shar, you have any questions for me? I don't know the room. Did your kids I'm all good. fall asleep on me? I hope not. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That, 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 that was really cool. Totally cool. I've heard a lot of stories similar to that. I've heard uh, there was a guy in Hawaii who fell, who did some cliff diving. Okay. And he he ended up in his own personal hell. You know, I think hell is whatever we make of it when we die. And so absolutely, he drowned. Yeah, he drowned, and he said he was all, all he could remember is being surrounded by blackness. One of the stories here initially. Yeah, I've heard that over and over. The first initial seconds seem to be blackness, but not always, because mm -hmm. I've told you near death experiences where people are leaving this body and go immediately into a landscape. Right, and that right. seems to happen a lot too. And with him, he, you know, he, he asked out loud, he says, am I in hell? And the voice came back and said, well, if, if, if this is what you think hell is like, because he was an atheist. If this is what you think oh. hell would be like, then this, this is your hell then. You know, you, mm -hmm. you need to change mm -hmm. things. It's not your time, but you need to change things. Or this is what, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good book. Pretty good book. All right, yeah, kids. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it's Okay. Uh, everybody seems to be younger than me at this time. <laughs> I had to get older. Uh, go ahead. 
Okay, well, of course, I'll be back Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific for Omni... Oh, no, I won't. I'm sorry. I'm going to pre-record Sunday show because I have a team meeting that I'm doing Sunday at uh, the Old Spaghetti Factory. That'll be at 6 p.m. Pacific. So I won't be here, but I'll have the uh, book reading um, pre-recorded for you. That'll give me something to do tomorrow. Okay? And then Monday, Patty Nick, um, medium Patty Nick, medium Patty Negri is going to be with us, and she's going to be talking about old world magic using natural um, elements. Wow! So we're going to be talking about that Monday. So that should be an interesting show. But again, I forgot. Yeah, I will not be live Sunday. So okay, but you guys will get the book reading, and that's going to end the omnipresent book. And then I have to find something else to read you guys. That will lead us into Christmas, and I'm working on getting a couple Christmas, one or two Christmas books. If they don't come through, we'll read last year's. You know, oh, the Scrooge the or what? What? What's one that Bill Murray was in with it? Scrooge. He keeps repeating his, his life over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so always good. I'll find something. Get permission to find something to read. Anyway, mm -hmm. I want to thank everybody for coming tonight, Nancy. Thank you. Always entertaining. Always. Sorry, I was so hot. Um, I didn't think we could, I, I sit out there with a fan, and on these days they're like 93. The heat doesn't bother me as much. Then when I come in here, it, I yeah. realize how hot it was. So I had turned the AC on for like four, 45 minutes before the show, but it got hot again in here. So I was just pouring off. It so I want to thank everybody is. for yeah. coming. Yeah, it is what it is. And uh, like I said, I will see you live. I will see you Monday live. All right. Okay. Make sure to give us a thumb up, everybody. Yes. Make sure to give us a thumb up. Show us some love. Go over to YouTube and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Get those subscriptions. Push, push, push to subscriptions. All right. So I'll give you Nancy's uh, information, and away we go. Mm, yeah, there we go. Websites, nancymats.com, nancymatsauthor.com. The, the, the N, the M, and the A are capitalized. YouTube.com forward slash nancymatspsychic, N, M, and P capitalized. The books, Help Get Me Out of This Funk by Nancy Matz. Two Worlds, Developing Your Psychic Skills by Nancy Matz. The Unwilling Sacrifice by Nancy Matz. And, of course, you can access those at Amazon. All right. I'll see you guys live on Monday, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great one. Good night, everybody. <laughs>